This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. It's August 28th, and this is episode 258. You are invited to join me and my guest, Bryn Hunt Palmer, to talk about the awesome of women, birth, and babies. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello, and welcome back, awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about bringing you conversations, friendship, and community. Whether you found us through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, maybe from the recommendation of a friend or from our other show, Awesome Today, it is really awesome that you are here. Again, this is episode 258, and today I'm visiting with Bren Hunt Palmer. Bren is the creator and host of the wildly popular podcast, The Birth Hour. Today, she and I are going to be talking all about developing a passion for all things women and health and birth, and also a little bit about like what's new in the world of women having babies. Bryn, welcome to Sorta Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm such a huge fan and I'm excited to be here today. I am so thrilled to have you. We have kind of grown up our podcasts alongside each other since back in 2015, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So you started the birth hour back then. And I think that that is really, you know, as we were beginning our podcasts and making connections in the world is how we started to get to know each other years ago. So I'm really thrilled to get to finally have you here on Sorta Awesome. I know it's so fun. So mine launched in September of 2015. Were you September as well? We were April of 2015. Okay. Yeah. So we've both been doing this a while. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if you guys have not checked out the Birth Hour podcast, if you like to listen to women talk about women and their partners talk about having babies and that experience, and if you like to see it in your social media feed, if you're not following the Birth Hour, well, on Instagram, I don't know what you're doing with your life because Bryn has... (laughs) There are hundreds of thousands of people who follow that account because you do such an exceptional job of just helping women share their real life stories of this transformative process of bringing new life into the world. So we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But first, why don't you give everyone just like a little bit of background on who you are, where you are, and kind of what's going on in your life? Yeah. So my name is Bryn Hunt Palmer, like you mentioned, and I'm the host of the Birth Hour podcast, which is all birth stories. So each episode is a different birth story and we share all types. I think we've covered just about everything now, but I'm still constantly surprised. So it's really fun. And then I live in Austin, Texas with my husband and three kids. I'm still getting used to saying that. (laughs) We have an eight-year-old, a just-turned-seven-year-old, and one-and-a-half-year-old. Yes, busy, busy mama living in one of my favorite cities on the whole planet. So I'm jealous of you in that. Love it. And with coronavirus right now, it's been really nice to just kind of explore all of the outdoor, you know, opportunities, rivers, creeks, all that sort of thing around Austin and make the best of this very unusual situation. Yes, definitely. I mean, if you're going to have to sort of be stuck in one place, I would not be being stuck in Austin at all. (laughs) Such a great place. Oh, so fun. Okay. Well, we obviously have a lot of things to talk about when it comes to this passion of yours that really ignited the Birth Hour project and and everything that has branched out since then from there, because it's not just the podcast, you have a lot of other things going on as well. So we're going to cover all of that here in just a little bit. And if you guys want, you can check out, I have been on the show on the Birth Hour podcast a long time ago, back in episode 100 for you telling the story of when the twins were born. And again, recently we got to talk about Nico. And so there's some fun stuff. There are so many fantastic episodes to check out that you've done. So we're going to talk about all that here in a minute. But first, you guys, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week. If you're new to Sword Awesome, then you need to know the Awesome of the Week is the time we talk about whatever is awesome in life right now, whether it is a 
book or a TV show, a movie, a podcast, a new product that you're loving, this is the time when we really talk about what's good in life. So Bryn, I can't wait to hear what you brought for the show. Okay. So this is my favorite part of the podcast, probably like many <laughs> listeners. And so there's so much pressure to bring something good when you only get one shot. So I went with something that I use every single day, and okay. that is the Bose Sound Sport Free True Wireless Earbuds. Oh my gosh. So they're, yeah, it's a mouthful, like many things on Amazon are, but they <laughs> are definitely a splurge. I think they're like $199. I might've gotten them for $149 on Black Friday or something like that, but they're totally wireless earbuds and they're really comfortable. They have like three different little attachments you can put in. The case that they come with is like a charger in itself. So like you could just have the case with you and not have to plug it into the wall because it'll nice. like hold some charge and recharge them. Yes. The other really cool thing is you can just wear one of them and they work. So I'll just often have my right one in and then like Harvey, my one and a half year old will just be like, you know, puttering around playing or whatever. And I'll be listening to a podcast Yes, <laughs> because you know, sometimes they like want you in the room, but they don't want you to oh, yeah. interrupt their play, that kind of thing. And you don't want to distract them by being on your phone. Because if I have anything electronic around him, he's <laughs> like, you know, just zones it on it and has to have it. Yeah. So the earbud actually is really nice because it hides behind my hair. So he doesn't even know it's there. <laughs> oh my gosh. That so, is yes. clever. I love it. <laughs> Yes, I love them. This is how I've gotten in some of my podcast listening since us all being home during COVID. You know, I'm not driving anywhere anymore and not as many chances to listen to my podcast. And then I ended up getting my husband a pair for Father's Day because he just was always just in the worst state of yes. things with his earbuds. They're always missing and <laughs> broken. He lets the kids play with them and then they end up broken. So I'm like, all right, we're both going to take care of them. And I went ahead and got his, I think on Best Buy's website so that I could get him a different color. So we weren't mixing them up, but oh, yeah. we both love them and use them every day. So highly recommend that splurge if you're in need of some earbuds. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm like your husband. I'm always losing mine. I have so many. This is like with sunglasses with me. It's the same with earbuds. I'm one of those people that I'm like, I'm never going to spend a lot of money on these because I know I will lose them. But yeah. you know what? Maybe it's time for me to get a big girl pair of earbuds because these <laughs> sound super nice. Love yeah. that. And of I course, yeah, and anything Bose when it comes to sound and yeah, audio. My headphones that I record with are Bose and I love them. And yes, so I trusted that for sure. For sure. Okay. Well, we will have a link in the show notes and maybe some of us can put it on our wish lists. Maybe it'll be one of those things, Bren, where like, if I know, okay, these cost a lot of money, maybe I'll be a little bit more invested in taking care of them. <laughs> yeah. And I've misplaced because I'll like drop them in my purse or the car or something. I've misplaced them a couple of times, but I always find them. <laughs> so. Yeah, I bet. That's so true. Okay. Like I said, we'll put a link in the show notes for those if anybody wants to check them out. My awesome of the week this week is a sort of upgraded version of something that I have talked about a number of times on Sort of Awesome. And it's a new form of magnesium. <laughs> ooh, ooh, la la. <laughs> I'm sure so many people right now are like, okay, womp womp. I was really <laughs> looking forward to Awesome of the Week, but now I'm bummed. <laughs> but you guys, I talk about magnesium so much because it is a game changer for me. First of all, I first started really supplementing with magnesium to help me just kind of on an as-needed basis to manage some symptoms of anxiety. Believe it or not, most of us actually are magnesium deficient. And so I discovered that using a, you know, one of the various forms of magnesium that you can get as a supplement really did help me with being able to better, like sort of calm my nervous system down is what magnesium, a huge thing that it does for me. Well, I have used for years and years and years, a magnesium powder called Natural Calm. I've recommended it on the mm -hmm. show many times. In fact... When I was pregnant with Nico, our youngest, I was having some pretty terrible migraines and my OB actually suggested, hey, why don't you try a combination of magnesium and a B-complex supplement? And it was magic. It absolutely eliminated my very terrible hormonal migraines that I was getting when I was pregnant. And I was like, Bren, I had no idea that magnesium could do this for migraines. Yeah, we in our Facebook group, people are recommending magnesium all the time, especially the calm powder. Yes. And it's great. The calm powder can be great for kids too, if they are needing some supplementation there. So anyway, I've used that for years. I recently though came across somebody doing a different form of magnesium that's a little bit easier on 
the stomach. So one of the big drawbacks of supplementing with magnesium is it really can have, well, a negative impact on your digestion. (laughs) (laughs) If you are a little stopped up, you need a little help loosening things up. Magnesium will help you with that right away. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're needing to take it on a more frequent basis because you're trying to manage some specific symptoms, again, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's migraines, maybe it's something else. It can be a little hard on the tummy after a while and on your digestion. And so I came across somebody recommending getting the chelated form of magnesium. So I also Mm -hmm. was able to find this on Amazon and it has been so, so helpful for me because since we began the quarantine and we're, you know, weathering, especially like right now, we're weathering all of these changes trying to navigate what school is going to look like and still just adapting to the fact that our lives have been turned upside down so much. I have been taking more magnesium and to be able to take this, the chelated magnesium is just in a pill form. And so you're not mixing it into a glass of water like you do with natural calm. And it really has, I feel like allowed me to take it on a more regular basis and kind of keep things a little bit more even keeled. Now, supposedly Taking chelated magnesium also helps your body to absorb it better. Now, I don't know. I'm not a chemist. I am not um, any kind of, I don't know what's going on chemically with these things. So I cannot testify to that. But this is one of the claims that they have is that it's better absorbed into your system and can act more quickly, I suppose, and more effectively, I guess, is the word I'm looking for there. So anyway, I was able to find a brand on Amazon that I'm really enjoying. It's called the Designs for Health. And I'll put a link in the show notes if anybody else out there has been supplementing with magnesium, but maybe is looking for a different form of it that might allow them to take it on a more frequent basis than they had been because of, you know, digestive issues or whatever the reason. So anyway, again, magnesium, it's good for your brain. It's good for your (laughs) bones and your muscles. All the things. It's such a good ad. I love it. Anyway, is this an ad? Did I forget? Am I in, a, in the middle of an ad spot right now? <laughs> no, but this is very relevant to this whole conversation because in pregnancy, it's really helpful too. I know a lot of people take it for sleep and then also like yes. restless leg syndrome. I actually just learned about a product that's like a cream that you can use on your legs mm-hmm. has magnesium in it. So yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> I've tried the different topical applications of it. Those for me, actually caused more digestive upset than... Really? I thought it would have been more gentle. I know. Isn't that so weird? I may have just been like overly zealous in application. (laughs) 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 So that's why I had switched to just taking it in some form, but it does, it really does help with restless legs. I can testify to that as well. So... It's just really a good thing and definitely a good thing if you are pregnant or in that sort of range of life as well. So anyway, I've got an Amazon link for you for that. We'll put that in the show notes. Um, You know, every Friday, we love to hear what is awesome in your life. We definitely always do that over on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. We do all kinds of fun things over there. You can check us out in stories, talking more about what you have heard on one of the episodes or just sharing fun and awesome things. And definitely the Awesome of the Week thread over there every Friday. And if you have not yet joined us in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group, we would super, super love to have you there. We definitely do share our awesomes, not really just on Friday, but kind of like all the time. We help support each other, troubleshoot problems, give advice for a life more awesome. So if you haven't found us there yet, we'd love to have you at facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. Hey, awesomes, we all know that running to the store has been pretty stressful lately, and there's nothing worse than forgetting something on your list and needing to make multiple trips. Shopping for home essentials should be easy and convenient, and that's where Grove Collaborative comes in. You guys know Grove. We love Grove around here. Grove is the online marketplace that delivers healthy home 
beauty and personal care products directly to you. Grove Collaborative takes the guesswork out of going green. Every Grove.co product is guaranteed to be good for you, your family, your home, and the planet. We have been Grove customers for many, many years, and I was so excited recently to do my beginning of a new season ritual, and that is ordering the newest seasonal Mrs. Meyer scents. This year for fall, they have mum and apple cider. I went with acorn spice. Oh my gosh, you guys. I think this is my favorite fall scent yet. And one of my favorite things about Grove is you don't have to shop multiple stores or search endlessly online to get all of the natural goods that you need for you and your family. And you can join over 2 million households like mine who have trusted Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. Plus, shipping is fast and free on your first order. So for a limited time, when you awesomes our listeners go to grove.co slash awesome you will get a free cleaning gift set plus free shipping with your first order go to grove.co slash awesome to get this exclusive offer that's grove.co slash awesome Awesome. So many of us have so many decisions to make right now that honestly, meal planning is not at the top of our lists, right? And that makes it the perfect time to check out Every Plate. Every Plate lets you experience full plates and fuller wallets with America's best value meal kit. You're going to get meals you'll enjoy and your bank account will love, and it's all delivered right to your door. Every plate dinners are the cheaper alternative to takeout or delivery, and the recipes come together in about 30 minutes, definitely faster than a trip to the grocery store and starting your meal from scratch. Every plate's easy to follow recipes and pre-proportioned ingredients take the stress out of dinner time, and every plate now offsets 100% of their carbon emissions. All of the every plate recipes I've made for my family have gone over so well with everybody. And even at regular price, every plate is up to 58% cheaper than the other major meal kits out there. So again, you guys, this is the perfect time of year to check out every plate and you can get three weeks of every plate meals for only $2.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code awesome three. Again, that is three weeks of every plate meals for only $2.99 per meal when you go to everyplate.com, enter code AWESOME3, that's A-W-E-S-O-M-E, and then number three. everyplate.com, enter code AWESOME3. All right, Bryn, I am so excited to talk to you about some of this because even though, like I said, our paths crossed a long time ago and we've, you know, really enjoyed each other's work through the years, there are a lot of things that I am still like, I don't think I know this part of your story. So let's start talking a little bit about how it was that the birth hour came to be. Are you somebody who has always had a passion for, you know, women and like maternal health issues, reproductive health issues, babies, or did you kind of take a turn at some point and find yourself in this world? Tell us how this all came to be. So I think that like a lot of mothers, my passion kind of arose when I went through it. So I know a lot of people kind of take career changes when they have a baby and that was definitely the case for me. I was obsessed with just researching and learning everything about pregnancy and birth and babies. Even before I got pregnant, I think I was like, you know, going to the library and checking out that whole section Yes, <laughs> and yeah. just really dove in. And so that was kind of where it started for me was just knowing I was going to be going through it and wanting to be as informed as possible. And then when I did give birth to my first, I had a home birth and it was really, really hard, but it was also just very empowering and really life-changing and made me just want to stay in that birth world. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of where the passion came from was through my own experiences. Let me ask you this, because some of you all know that we lived for a number of years, for four years down a little south of Austin, down in San Marcos, Texas. And if you're not from Texas, you may not know this about that part of Texas, but it's like really pretty natural living. I mean, really crunchy oriented. Mm -hmm. In fact, when I started my blog many a year ago, my blog sort of crunchy, I was really highly influenced by the strong emphasis in the culture there in that part of Texas towards all things natural living. I mean, when I first started cloth diapering, when Daisy, my oldest, was four or five months old, I went down the road to an actual brick and mortar cloth diapering store, which was not something that was mainstream at the time at all. 
you know, and I'd go to the grocery store and I'd be wearing Daisy and other people were wearing their babies and slings and carriers and stuff. It was like so embedded in the culture. So you just mentioned that your oldest was a home birth. Do you think that being in a culture where attention to these things and an emphasis on maybe looking at alternative ways of going through this process, do you think that had an impact on your interest in this topic? So when my oldest was born, we actually lived in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, which is actually kind of, you know, if you're going to pick a crunchy city in Arkansas, that would be it. It's where, you know, the big university is. And I think that I just really found like the small community there that, you know, there was, like you said, a brick and mortar store that was all cloth diapering and natural products and stuff like that. And then there were only a couple of midwives to choose from. But once you made that choice, you kind of had these birth classes together and I really was the first of my friends to have kids and we were in a city where we didn't have a lot of friends. We had moved there for law school for my husband. And so that was really how I found my mom friends was through this kind of crunchy world. But I think what really got me to even look for those things was the documentary, the business of being born. Yes. I watched that and with my husband and we were both just like, Oh wow. And my mom had had all unmedicated births. She had had four of us but they were in the hospital and she had had episiotomies and never thought anything of it. It was just what everyone did, you know, but the fact that she didn't have an epidural was a little bit unusual for the eighties and nineties, I think. And so I knew that in the back of my head and had always kind of thought that that's what I would do as well. But then that film really for me was pretty eye opening as far as leading me to do more research and interview midwives and things like that. Oh, totally. Totally. I know that that was really kind of like a hallmark moment in the terms of like, women really having the courage and feeling empowered to explore alternative ways of experiencing birth. So yes, I totally can see how that would kind of put your feet on this path for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's so great. Okay. I know a number of years younger than me, when you were first getting into birth and stuff like that, the whole realm of birthing was did TLC still have that show, A Baby Story on air? Yeah, okay. they did. And I think I had watched it though, even when I was maybe in high school or something. <laughs> that feels right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it then. And so, yeah, that was definitely a thing. And I've actually like thought about with the birth hour, like, you know, years down the road, if we ever have, you know, a big network or something, maybe having these types of birth stories that yes. intertwine the live audio and stuff like that would be kind of fun. That would be so amazing. I watched a baby story for years, I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. I'm telling you, Bren, I would tear up at the end of every single episode. <laughs> Just always <laughs> amazed at the wonder of all of the things that are going on. I loved it. Yeah. So yeah. what really kind of, you know, at what point did you decide, you know what, I love this so much that I like want to do something more with it. I want to go more public with it. I want to create a community for women to share their birth stories. And one thing that I love about the birth hour is that you really focus on women, just the regular everyday women. Now, many of them have really exceptional, incredible stories, but it's more just like, these are just the true day-to-day -day women that are, this is what birth looks like for me. So at what point did you think, okay, I want to do something. I want to go forward with a project like this. So I think it was kind of two things. It was my love of birth stories. This was a time when a lot of bloggers were writing their birth stories on their blog. And then yes. I don't know whether the TLC show was in the back of my head or not, but yeah. I certainly did like that when I used to watch it. But I was obsessed with reading everyone's birth stories and forums, like you mentioned, and yes. that kind of thing. And when I was pregnant, especially home birth stories, I was just like anyone I could find I was reading. And so totally. when I discovered podcasts, these two things just kind of came together. I was you know, I guess an early adopter to podcasts, you know, all things considered, but my husband had been listening for quite a while. And I just thought they were like these really nerdy, like news shows or, you know, he likes planet money and that uh -huh. kind of thing. And, yes. and then he introduced me to cereal and we used to live in Oregon and the time and we had a lot of long drives, even just to get groceries. And the kids were young enough that we could listen to whatever we wanted in the car. And yeah. so we listened to cereal and I was just hooked. I was like, this is the best. Oh my gosh. And so yes. we would just kind of yeah. daydream about starting a podcast together. And we never could really come up with an idea. And then I think I just really had one of those like light bulb moments where I realized like birth stories would be so great in this format because, you know, when you're pregnant, when you're a new mom, 
you have way more time to listen than yes. you do to read mm-hmm. and podcasts mm-hmm. are just so convenient in that way. And also I think there's something really powerful about hearing it from the woman who went through it versus, you know, reading it. So that's yes. how that idea kicked off. And I just, I think I recorded before I even had like a logo or anything like that. I just put some feelers out there and some birth groups that I was in and and jumped in. And after that first recording, I was just like, Hey, I remember coming downstairs and just had like the biggest smile on my face and was like, I love this. I'm doing this. So it was a really fun way to continue to be in the birth world without, you know, like having a baby every year. <laughs> <laughs> Which could get a little time and cost intensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. I think that that it definitely translates so well. And of course, you know, for sort of awesome, something that I'm a huge believer in. It's really one of the cornerstones of why we even have Sort of Awesome is I so believe in empowering women and encouraging women to use their actual physical voices. I say this all the time, and sometimes I'll just randomly go off on how women's voices, they can be so denigrated in our culture in terms of like women being described as being too, you know, high pitched in their tone or, you know, the vocal fry that the people pick on for younger women and just like all of these things with women and their voices. And so any project, anything that is really calling women forth to use their real physical voices to tell a story from their life, I am just such a huge fan of. And you've been doing that so well for so long. So bravo to you for that. (laughs) For sure. Okay. So you launched the birth hour and honestly, it took off so quickly. Why do you think it connected so strongly with people really from the get-go? Yeah, I think that I didn't really expect it to kick off so quickly. I mean, I knew there were interests because I, like I said, I had put out some feelers and birth groups and people were like, yes, I would love to record a story. And so I was able to kind of share in those same groups once the podcast went live, which was nice. But I think also it was just really like on this cusp of podcasts becoming more of a thing. So if you were discovering serial, then you were discovering podcasts, right? And so then someone that was pregnant might go into their podcast app and just search for birth or pregnancy. And there weren't a lot of other options at that time. So I think that it was a really great timing as well. Yes. But I do think that, like I said, there's something really special about preparing for birth through listening to others' stories rather than like your more traditional educational content that you might get from an expert interview or something like that. This was very real and raw. And like we always say, there's no TMI on the birth hour. So things that maybe weren't being talked about, you know, among your friends and family, you could learn about. And so it was unique in that way and maybe had something to do with it becoming popular quickly. Yeah, I think that that realness aspect, because even if you look at a show like A Baby Story, for example, it is birth stories, but it's pretty sanitized, you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's made palatable for TV. But I do think the fact that you created a space where women could really tell the more specific details of what they experienced and what that felt like and the impact it had and those types of things. When you are, especially if you're preparing for a birth or if you maybe have recently given birth, you want to hear that stuff on some level. You don't Mm -hmm. want it to be all cleaned up and neat and tidy because you're trying to kind of wrap your mind around something really incredible, but also with the potential for being, you know, really maybe traumatic or those types of things. Definitely something that's going to change your life. And you want someone to be real with you about it. Yeah. And we try to title the episodes in very descriptive ways. And so I've had a lot of listeners reach out to me and say, oh, you know, I was planning a birth center birth. So I only listened to those. Yeah. And then, you know, I transferred to the hospital and I really wish I had listened to all of them. And now mm-hmm. I'm going back and listening to those now. And so I think that of course, you know, if it's not going to be helpful to you to hear something that's not your ideal birth and skip it. But I think there's definitely something that's really great about knowing all the different ways things can go because birth is so unpredictable and no yes. birth is alike. So we have never ending content for sure. And I think it's been really helpful for people to hear that and rather than just planning for, you know, exactly what they want out of birth. Yes. Yes. I think that's such a great message that you have too for people is to just, you know, be prepared for anything to happen. Speaking of the content that you have created at this point, you've really developed some other resources that go even beyond the podcast. So you've developed an online course, you've written a book. Tell us a little bit about how all of that came to be. Yeah. So not too long after starting the podcast, I was getting a lot of emails, messages from people just asking for 
advice on various, you know, subjects preparing for birth. And I had certainly learned a lot from, you know, hearing so many stories and my own experiences, but I didn't have any credentials as far as childbirth education. So I thought about it for a long time and wanted to be able to point people to something that I had a hand in and really could stand behind. And so I partnered with a friend in Austin who is a certified childbirth educator. She's also a lactation counselor and a doula and just an amazing person all around. So I had been to some of her in-person courses and was really blown away by her evidence-based, non-judgmental, inclusive approach to childbirth education. So many of the courses out there are very specific to, you know, I just want to learn how to do this one thing like hypnobirth or something like that. And so we wanted to really create something that was more all-encompassing. So the course is called the Know Your Options Childbirth Course. And we really cover every different way that birth could go. We don't just want it to be for, you know, an unmedicated birth. For example, module two is about planned cesareans right off the bat. Yeah. Whereas so many other courses cover cesareans as an afterthought, you know, and we didn't want that to be the way it was because one third of women, you know, are having cesareans in this country. And we want that to be the best experience for you, whether it's planned or unplanned. And then we also talk about postpartum recovery, breastfeeding, newborn care. It's really, really comprehensive. And I'm really proud of it. It's one of my most proud things that I've done with the birth hour. I really love that, Bryn, so much. And I can tell you as a now four-time cesarean birth mom that the inclusive nature of the course and also of the podcast, it is so meaningful to me just to be able to know that there is a space where that kind of birth, the only birth that I have known and will ever know is not just like, well, this is worst case scenario, you know? Right. And I understand that. I totally get that for many women, there is a lot of fear around it that it would feel like and be experienced like the worst case scenario. But for me, like those are all the births I have. And so to be able to know that there is a space that honors that and does not shy away from the reality of the cesarean birth, I just, on a personal level, that genuinely does mean so much to me. So thank you for that. Yeah. Okay, well, not only do you have the course, which is super helpful and helps women in their preparation, but you also, hello, wrote a book. Tell us about that. (laughs) Okay, so the book was kind of a crazy thing because I was approached by my publisher to write this book when my youngest was just six months old. And I was still kind of getting my feet under me as far as figuring out how to run a business with a baby and my two older kids and everything. So it definitely wasn't ideal timing, but it was something that I knew you know, longer term was on my bucket list. And I just didn't feel like I could pass it up. So my husband was just like a freaking saint and gave me all the time (laughs) on the weekends and evenings. And I got it done and ended up being a really great experience. It's called the first time mom's pregnancy can book a week by week guide from conception through baby's first three months, which is kind of a handful, but or a mouthful, but you can just search the first time mom's pregnancy handbook and it'll come up. And it's really just meant to be the most like need to know information from the perspective of a mom who's been there. So it's all evidence-based, but it's mostly encouraging. And the goal is to not be overwhelming, not cover every single, you know, thing that could happen to you. We do have a great list of resources at the end if anyone wants to dive deeper, but it's really just a week by week guide to kind of keep you posted on milestones, appointments that might be coming up and things to keep in mind while you're preparing to give birth and to take care of this little new human. (laughs) Yes. I super love that about your approach that it's really, that's super evidence-based. And it's also just like, here's what you need to know so that you don't have to like go down some rabbit hole of crazy or scary stories (laughs) or this could happen or that. I mean, it's super informative, but at the same time, I think really reassuring and just like, here's what you need to know. It's kind of like if your friend was, you know, yeah. Okay. Here, almost like a checklist of like, here's what's coming up nothing to freak out about. It's very reassuring in tone, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So thank you. (laughs) That's so great. So great. Well, this has been so fun to hear the background and really to hear more about the passion and really your mission with the birth hour and the work that you do in this world of women and maternal health and all of those things. So I've loved all of this. I do have some more questions about like what's actually going on right now in the world of women and birth. And we're going to get to all of that here in just a few minutes after a quick word from our sponsors. 
Okay, Awesomes, I am so excited this week to tell you again about one of our very favorite companies and our very favorite products, and that is Theragun. Now, most of you know my husband Kyle was a college football coach for 11 years, but before he coached college football, he was a football player for many years from about fifth grade on. And as you can imagine, all of that high contact sport left him with some aches and pains as an adult. And by some, I actually mean a lot. Theragun has absolutely changed both of our lives when it comes to finding relief from muscle pain and muscle tension. Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet, you're actually going to wonder if it's even on. While you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. From the first time that we turned on the Theragun and used it, we both were absolutely speechless, completely shocked at how much relief it brought to muscle pain that we have been dealing with for years. I am not exaggerating when I say that the Theragun has been one of our happiest, most important, and yeah, I'm going to say it, life-changing discoveries of 2020. And now you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There is no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. It has an OLED screen, a personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power that you need, starting at only $199. So go to theragun.com slash awesome right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash awesome, theragun.com slash awesome. All right. We are back, Bryn. Like I was saying before the break, it has been so fun just to hear your background information, the passion that drives you and how you kind of have a really good sense of what's going on in the world of women and birth and babies right now. I love the work that you do because there does tend to be a lot of fear or gosh, misinformation you know, just some general negativity. There can be, I say a lot, there can be some negativity towards the process of pregnancy and the experience of childbirth and the realities of postpartum in our culture. And I think many women are, you know, they're influenced by the terrible stories, the horror stories that their mothers or their sisters <laughs> or their aunts tell them. But you're going there and keeping things real. But I feel like that you are all about like knowledge, empowerment, enlightenment. So I was wondering if you could give us a dose of what is awesome about giving birth in our culture today. Yeah. So I had to really think about this. And I think the biggest thing, honestly, is the internet. I mean, there's yeah. certainly times you don't want to be on the internet when you're pregnant, but there's so many resources out there that didn't exist for our mothers and grandmothers. Like I just think about some of the things that I've found support with, and I don't know what I would have done without those online communities. So not having to only rely on those horror stories from your relatives yes. or, you know, the hospital childbirth class. Now there's so many other options. Yeah. And I also think that it's just kind of become easier to talk about, you know, it probably wasn't the most polite conversation when our moms right. were having babies. And today we tend to really be more open and there's even trends, you know, on Instagram, like people sharing their pictures and their postpartum mesh panties. And it's yes. just really nice to know you aren't alone. And I think that social media has really, really helped with that. So I don't always love going, you know, to Dr. Google for the right. answers to your questions necessarily. But I do think that the online communities and resources that have been born out of people's passion around, you know, very specific aspects of having a baby today have really been honestly life-saving for a lot of us. I think that's such a great point. I hadn't even thought about the social media component, but I do think that just with the proliferation of women feeling more freedom to share some of those realities of like, especially like you said, what postpartum really looks like and what childbirth mm -hmm. is really like. I hadn't thought about how just sharing it on social media kind of gives you permission to be like, you know what, this is a part of my life. I don't have to cover it in, you know, feeling ashamed about it or whatever. Like, I think that that really has been part of what has created a more open conversation for lots of women. So that's really good. You know, social media, it can it can be a little tricky, but that's a great part of it for sure. Yeah, I think that's really why the Birth Hours Instagram account grew so quickly too, is because I was sharing so many 
images from birth photographers, which is also a pretty new thing to have a photographer at your birth. But seeing these images that you would have never normally seen, I think is really educational. And also just you can find a lot of comfort in it. For sure. So let's talk about some of the actual stories, because now you have heard hundreds of birth stories from women. I'm just curious, what are some of the most either like most (laughs) delightful or most surprising stories that you've gotten to hear in your work at the birth hour? Yeah. Okay. So there's always ones that are kind of like exciting and unexpected. We've had a couple of stories of babies, you know, that were born on the toilet, couple fell in the toilet. Oh my god. And it's always fine. You just scoop the baby out, but it's a really great place to labor. So it's not that uncommon. And then there's been a lot that have happened with being born, you know, on the way to the hospital or on the side of the road. There was one, you might actually really appreciate this. There was one woman who lived in San Marcos and was driving into Austin for birth center birth at the Austin area birthing center. And there was, I believe, construction on I-35 in the middle of the uh-huh. night or something. Yes, like that, of course. <laughs> yes. And she had her baby in the car, oh like gosh. hands and knees in the back seat. And she had been a birth hour listener. And so she wrote to me after this and was like, you know, I just felt so like calm. And I was really just drawing on all these other women's stories that I had heard. She didn't even tell her husband <laughs> that the baby was coming out. Like his realization of it was hearing the baby cry. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then quickly exited and, you know, got to the birth center. Oh, wow. So that's really funny. And then similarly, we have a story that a woman came on and her husband had caught the baby on the side of the road and they were able to meet the 911 operator afterwards. And they got a copy of the tape of her talking him through the delivery. And we included that clip on the podcast episode. And it was, I still get chills. Like it was the best. So those are kind of like the more outrageous, but you did ask for surprising stories, yes. but we certainly have like <laughs> your more, you know, traditional hospital birth stories. And there's always something about each story that is surprising to me because, you know, like I mentioned, no, no two births are the same. Yes. Oh my gosh. I just, it's just an amazing miracle every time, whether your story is crazy or if you're just, you know, like I just went and had a baby. I mean, there's always something magical and wonderful about it for sure. So, okay, well, you and I kind of talked about this a little bit the last time that I was on the birth hour and talking about Nico's birth. And this is the fact that even within our lifetime, even as long as just I have been having babies, there are shifts and changes in trends. I feel like, especially in the community of people who are sort of like on the forefront of like, this is, you know, now we think this is best practice. And so for example, I was telling you that when my oldest Stacy was born, she was an emergency C-section and it was a C-section where traditionally, you know, like my arms were strapped to the table. There was no chance of me being able to hold her or certainly not nurse her. It was many hours after recovery from the C-section when I first got to hold her. And, you know, that was 15 years ago. And then when Nico was born, I was able to have a different experience and my arms were not strapped down and I could hold him and nurse him right there in the OR So this idea of changing the way just like a cesarean birth happens, that's changed since I started having babies. So I'm super curious because you live in this world. (laughs) I mean, I hate to use the word like trend because it's not like trendy, but like what are some of the things that you are seeing start to develop? Maybe ideas or practices or beliefs or whatever that are kind of becoming maybe more mainstream now or maybe women are just now discovering them and pursuing them. What are you kind of seeing that's new in the world of having a baby? Yeah. So it's funny because I knew you were going to ask this question. And the main thing I took notes about was a gentle cesarean. Oh, good. Some people call them family-centered cesareans, which is what you had with Nico and shared on your recent episode of the birth hour. But like I mentioned earlier, you know, about 30% of women are having cesarean births in the US. So just finding a way for those to be better experiences. I think that's so important. And the more we hear about it, the more women are asking for it. So you shared in your episode of the birth hour that you were nervous to ask your doctor about it, Mm -hmm. but you mentioned it. She's like, oh yeah, no problem. You know, like it's just a thing. Yes. So for people who don't know, that includes things like having a clear drape so that you can see the baby mm-hmm. being born. You don't necessarily see your incision because your belly's in the way, but you yeah. can kind of see the baby as it comes up, having that skin to skin time with the baby right after they're born. And yes. it doesn't cost any more money to do these things. It's really just some simple adjustments like 
a new drape or moving yes. the monitors to the side of your chest versus, you know, where the baby would lay on your chest and even really simple things. And I've had listeners tell me that they had an experience where they couldn't see their baby being checked out right after they were born. And so mm-hmm. they mentioned it to the hospital and now the hospital moves that little isolate or whatever over to a different area. So the mom can at least see the baby while she's being yes. stitched back up or, you know, taken care of. And so little things like that, I think women are feeling more empowered to share that that's important. And you really do remember these moments forever. And so having the best experience possible, I think is, is yeah. really important. Do you think that there is a shift in the mindset of women, maybe that are your age and even younger, where they want to pursue a more alternative, and I use that word sort of loosely, but maybe they want to do something beyond what the experience of their mothers, maybe their mothers had a more traditional mode of birth in a hospital. Do you think that it's like the younger generation of women are like, you know, I want to pursue either home birth or birth center birth or these kinds of things? I think it really just comes down to whether you have that interest in learning more and doing research, because I hear so often from my guests that had their first birth and they just kind of did whatever was their OB's norm and didn't even necessarily, you know, interview different doctors or consider different birthing locations, things like that. They just did what their friend did or their mom did or something like that. And then if it was a great experience, great, they did it again. But if something didn't feel quite right to them, then they start getting into these birth communities, asking questions, doing research, and then finding a different experience. So my hope is always that people find those things before that first baby is born so that they can find what's right for them. But I really think it just comes down to being informed about your options and knowing that it's okay to ask for them. And you can fire your doctor at any point, they work for you. And so if it doesn't feel like a good fit, just find a different care provider. Right. That's the main thing. Really the two things we talk about in our childbirth course that make the biggest impact on your birth are who you choose to be your care provider and where you choose to give birth. Because even if it's, you know, you know, you want a hospital birth, there's a lot of different policies at different hospitals. So just taking the time to do that research and make sure that it aligns with what you want can make a really big difference. Oh, absolutely. That is so true. And I think that even to circle back to what you were saying earlier about one of the biggest positive changes being the internet, being involved in like little birth clubs or birth groups throughout all of my pregnancies, even with Nico, I was able to find one based on, you know, these little clubs or groups based on when your baby's going to be born. I think that the sort of camaraderie, the encouragement in those, the little group that I was in was just a couple of hundred women, but we would have conversations about like, should I change providers? This is what my provider said. I feel super uncomfortable with it, but I'm you know, I'm 24 weeks pregnant. Is it too late to change? And just being able to have a community where those conversations are taking place. And sometimes it really is actually so valuable to get the feedback of somebody who's not your partner, who's not your mother, who's not your best friend, who's not like so close to the situation. And they can be a little bit more objective. That can be a huge help. And prior to the internet and women congregating online to talk about these experiences on the internet, I think it must have been well, just a whole different world in terms of like how you go about making those decisions. Yeah, definitely. And with a podcast like The Birth Hour, then you can hear all of these different experiences and feel like, oh, you know what, this this reminds me of this person's story. And, you know, I think I kind of want to do something more along the lines of what she pursued. So anyway, speaking of that, we've talked about a little bit about what's happening right now in the world of women and birthing and babies. Let's talk about the future of the birth hour. What do you see for yourself on the horizon? Do you think you'll continue on in this realm? What are you kind of thinking for the future for yourself? Yeah, so we have no plans to stop. We do two birth stories every week, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then the childbirth course has really grown a lot over the last few months with coronavirus and so many people having their in-person classes canceled. Ours is totally online. So that's been a nice option for people. And we've been doing Zoom calls with those students. It's been so fun to see them go through the last few weeks of pregnancy and then bring their babies on the Zoom call when the baby arrives. And I've been loving that. And then the other really big thing we're focused on right now is our Patreon platform, which I decided to make Patreon a big focus for 2020 before the pandemic. And Mm -hmm. I'm so glad I did because it's been so great to connect with all of our super fans on a more personal level. We have a private Facebook group, just like you do with your Patreon. And 
and we do weekly Zoom calls and it's just a really great group of people. There's never any drama and everyone is so knowledgeable and supportive of one another. So you're in that group. I love yes. when you pop in every now and then <laughs> with some words of wisdom or recommendations. So that's been really fun. And yeah. then we have a goal with that, which I'm really excited about. You can set these goals on Patreon and yeah. we have a plan of launching a second Patreon only podcast where it'll be every week with my husband, Richard, interviewing partners on their perspective yes. of pregnancy and birth. So we have a goal to launch that when we hit a thousand patrons and we're currently at about 850. So nice getting really close. And so that'll be a big thing, hopefully by the end of the year and then definitely next year as well. That is so great. And I love that you guys take such a couple and family oriented approach and inclusive of all couples and what all families look like. But I do think that that is a space that people are craving more experience and more stories from is hearing the experience of partners, because that's a real thing too. You know, yeah. it's a different thing. It's a different experience, but it's a parallel experience. And whether a birth goes perfectly, wonderfully and happy, or if it's traumatic and upsetting, it's an experience, you know, if your partner is there with you, it's just something that you're going through together. So I love that you guys have this emphasis on it and that you're really expanding the inclusiveness of what your mission with the birth hour has been. So I am so excited. I can't believe you're getting so close. It's <laughs> so good. So good. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, Bryn, this has been such a fantastic conversation and has really, I mean, it's answered a lot of my questions for sure, <laughs> but I know it has spoken to a lot of the awesomes as well, because, you know, even in 2020, as golly, talk about trends and things having to shift and change. I'm sure there's going to be a whole crop of, you know, women that are telling not only their birth stories, but their birth stories at the time of pandemic stories. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, we've had quite a few of those. I got some out like pretty much immediately. And I know that was really helpful for people to be able to hear because yes. there's, it was just changing every day. It's kind of calmed down a little bit, but yeah. we'll see. Totally. Well, you guys are doing such great work. I would love for you to remind people where they can find you, whether it's the podcast or you personally, all of the places. Okay. So on social media, we're just the birth hour, pretty much in all the places Though I have not joined the TikTok bandwagon yes. yet. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course, in any podcast app where you listen to Sort of Awesome, you can just search the birth hour and it should pop right up. And then if you have anybody in your life who is in need of the online childbirth education, you can find that at thebirthhour.com slash course. Okay, perfect. We'll have links to all of that for Bryn in the show notes for today. So Bren, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. I super appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This was so fun to be on the other side of the mic for once. Yeah, so fun, so fun. Well, awesome community. If you have comments or if you want to reach out and connect with Bren or just talk about birth and babies in general, you know that you can always participate in all of the awesome things when you find us on Facebook or Instagram, on TikTok or YouTube. Or you can make sure you're getting that daily dose of awesome from awesome today. Don't miss out on any of that. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. The Sorta Awesome show is a production of Sorta Awesome Media, the company that's all about bringing you new life in all the awesome ways. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.